This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 559, Money and Relationships, How We Got on the Same Page, part two, by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. And I'm Dan, your host. This is, of course, where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And today's article is actually a continuation from yesterday's episode, so it'll make a lot more sense if you hear that episode first. So if you're new here or skipping around, please check out Wednesday's show, that's episode 558. But if you're all caught up, let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. Money and Relationships, How We Got on the Same Page, part two, by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. The Case Against Dating Someone Who Sucks at Money but a terrible credit score is a red flag, one might argue, that someone doesn't have their shit together and is wandering through life aimlessly without any ambitions. And perhaps that's true. Or perhaps, like so many people, that person finds personal finance and the credit scoring system completely confounding and intimidating. Maybe they just haven't figured it out yet. On the other hand, money causes stress and marriage can already be stressful. Bringing massive debt into the situation can cause resentment, which then leads to a whole host of other problems. You wanna buy a house, but your spouse's credit sucks, so you can't, for example. It's easy to see how a fight might erupt. So while money problems might not ultimately be the reason things don't work out, they do add pressure. If nothing else, you have to know what you're getting into, which is why it's not just important to talk about money before your relationship gets serious. It's crucial if you want to give that relationship a fighting chance. It's hard to have your own financial life in order and date someone who doesn't. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a struggle. It was a masterclass in patience. However, if I'm being honest, I probably would not have said yes to marriage if we couldn't get on the same page about money eventually. Money might be the easiest thing to fight about and your problems might still manifest themselves in other ways, but why give your relationship added challenges? What worked for us? For me, the answer to the above was one that makes my inner cynic's skin crawl. I just really f***ing love my husband. The challenge of getting on the same page financially before we committed to each other forever was worth it. We had to deal with that challenge together. Part of what made me fall in love with Brian is that he has firm opinions, yet still keeps an open mind. He has a clear idea of his identity, but is willing to evolve too. It's not always easy, but he listens and considers the fact that everything he knows might be wrong. These are traits that I aspire to myself. Over the years, Brian started tending to his money much more carefully. I asked him what changed, what helped more than anything in turning his finances around so that we ended up on the same page. And here's what he told me. One, exposure to money advice. You'd always send me stuff you wrote about money, he said. Okay, I had a leg up in this department. I'm a personal finance writer and I often ask my husband to proofread my stuff. He was bound to pick something up in those articles. But in any healthy relationship, you should be able to share ideas with each other that are important to you, and the other person should be receptive to those ideas, even if you don't write about them for a living. Two, coming up with clear goals. My husband is an ambitious person, but years ago, he wasn't entirely sure specifically what he wanted to do with his life. So we started talking about our goals. I would love to go to England, he said. I would love to buy a house someday. These things cost money, so when he established these goals, he naturally started to care about money a little more, since money is a tool you use to reach those goals. Three, feeling a sense of control. When I started making more money and I got out of debt, 
I started to feel like I actually had some control over things, my husband told me recently. And the more empowered he felt, the better he got at personal finance. This empowerment started with tiny actions, paying off a small debt, asking for a raise, working on his credit score. Those small wins gave him a sense of power. And before I knew it, the guy who wanted to go to Target every weekend was telling me we need to cut back on our frivolous spending. Now this all sounds great, but the truth is, despite being on the same financial page, we still fight about money. Most couples don't agree on everything. Ever met a couple who agrees on absolutely everything? I mean, they're kind of creepy. They're the same couples who wear matching outfits and say things like, we're really into hot yoga right now. While Brian and I still occasionally fight about money, I find it's less about how much we've spent on restaurants that month and more about bigger relationship issues, communication, respect, intimacy. Before we got married, I asked every married couple I knew to share their secret to a lasting marriage. They all said pretty much the same thing. Marriage is work and you have to be willing to do the work. You get on the same page with money, you find yourself arguing about something else. Something else will always force you to deal with the ongoing challenge that is sharing a life with someone, especially if you're fiercely independent. But you love them and you love sharing your life with them, so you're willing to do the work. If it were the opposite and Brian refused to acknowledge his faults and barked at me for bringing them up, things would have been different. Yes, I probably would have run, not because of his lackluster credit, but because I can't see myself marrying someone like that. But I chose to marry a person who is receptive to feedback, willing to accept help, and who respects and supports things that matter to me. To me, those traits are way more desirable than a solid 850 FICO. You just listened to part two of the post titled Money and Relationships, How We Got on the Same Page by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. And before we go, if you want to talk about this or any of our episodes, plus be in contact with some of the hosts of the podcasts in the Optimal Family, please come and join our Facebook group. You can find that by searching for Optimal Living Daily Podcasts within Facebook or the shortcut link, if that makes things easier, is oldpodcast.com slash Facebook. That should do it for today. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you in the Friday show tomorrow with a post from Kate Flanders. That's where your optimal life awaits.